Thank you for being on In My Feels, first of all. Like, yeah. I'm so excited to have you. This is Thank our you, last epi- episode, I think, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. this season. So, yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, so, basically, I mean, I'm sure you kind of already, like, talked about a little bit. Or no? Did I? Am uh, we I-, have, we, I mean, I have the email, the original email, but okay, you're, great. you're the open. Great. Okay. So, basically, In My Feels is just, like, what are we feeling in the moment and dealing with anxieties and really just what's going on in our lives and like learning from like our guests who come on the show, like you that are experienced and and are meant to teach about these things that like we're experienced on experiencing on an everyday thing. I don't know. And I've been dealing a lot with anxiety since we're in this pandemic and sitting at home, like I've been in really bad fight or flight mode. And I think a lot of my anxiety is actually coming from the future. And what I'm worried about is all future, which was a lot that I want to talk to you about today. Um, And I know Lou has a lot of questions. And yeah, I just think a lot of my stuff that, you know, I experience comes from my worries about the future. And um, when I saw that you were on today, I was excited because I wanted to be able to ask you about that and like, what you know about that or what you've seen or what you think. Yeah. Or- and no, no, that's awesome. Cause I'm going to, I think one of the things I'm really focused on is helping people see a hopeful and compelling future for themselves. So we'll talk about why I'm hopeful, why I'm even optimistic. Right. And I think so super excited to dive into that. Absolutely. And I want to introduce, you know, Peter, an amazing entrepreneur. I'm on mute. Sorry. Um, no, uh, best-selling author, commercial space enthusiast, you know, abundance creator, which I love. I'm in, I'm in the, the game for that. Um, an X-Prize founder. Um, and obviously your new book, um, you know, the, the future is faster than you think, which I obviously want to dive in. I have so many questions. Noah has so many questions. So I just want to welcome you to, to the show. Yeah. Awesome to be here. Where are you, where I'm, are you quarantined? I am in Santa Monica. So, okay. Yeah, I've got two eight-and-a-half-year-old boys. No, it's been just went out and played some baseball with my boys. So it's a little bit, uh, it's, it's threatening, but not yet. Okay. And yourself? Uh, I'm up on Mulholland. It was raining for a second, but yeah. it's, it's kind of cleared out now. Um, losing the Valley. Is it raining on you? No, it's good. It's good. It's nice weather. Oh, guess it just rained on me then. <laughs> <laughs> Normal. Cause I'm right in the middle. Um, all right, so let's let's dive in. I mean, uh, obviously, you, you, your new book. Um, so many questions, and obviously, we, I guess we can start with the isolation and pandemics, and you know, isolation and all those type of things. I mean, in the book, I mean, I haven't specifically read the book yet, and, and I'm, I've just ordered it on Amazon, and I'm dying to dive in. Um, but I just want to touch up on that and how you're dealing with it, Peter, and you know how you're yeah. feeling about all this and stuff. Sure. So, so Luna, we've got two pandemics going on right now. There is the viral pandemic and we've got a pandemic of fear, mm-hmm. right? And in some ways, the pandemic of fear is far worse than the viral pandemic because it is scaring everybody to the point of, do I have a job? Will I lose my job? Will I lose my fortune? Will life ever come back the way it was before? All of that. And uh, I just want to address that a little bit because I'm actually super hopeful about the future and super, you know, in fact, optimistic for a multitude of reasons. And let's, let's dive into that first, if I could, right. Just to give people some good news to think about, because here's the challenge. Our brains are wired for negative news, right? We are constantly uh, just totally pulling in negative news from every news source. When you've got CNN or Fox, and I call CNN the crisis news network, or the constantly negative news network. I don't, have a good, I don't have a good acronym for Fox. But when when you constantly have that, and it's like death and dying and de- death tolls and so forth, it it infects your mind. And it, you know, you'll never have a positive life by having a negative mindset. And there was a there's a reason for this, which was as we were evolving as humans a hundred thousand years ago, a millions of a million years ago. If you missed a piece of negative news, your genes were out of the gene pool. If you missed a piece of positive news, well, too bad. So we evolved an ancient piece of our brain called the amygdala. 
that scans everything you see and everything you hear for negative news. And if you see it, it puts you on red alert. And so the old, old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, we pay 10 times more attention to negative news than positive news. So if you open the newspaper tomorrow, it's like 10 to 1 negative stories and positive stories. And so it's just, it's decimating our brains and our mindsets. And then we just see negative, 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 despite all the amazing things. So this is why I'm, you know, actually uh, optimistic. First of all, the human race has never had a single enemy. Mm -hmm. We've never had a singular enemy. And for the first time ever, 8 billion people on this planet are all taking aim at this COVID-19 pandemic and this virus. Somewhere between, by my count, 100 million and 200 million scientists, engineers, physicians, nurses, technologists are all focused on crushing this thing. And so while we start to see a few antivirals and therapeutics coming in, there are thousands of experiments going on around the world that we're going to start to see the results of in the months ahead, and we are going to crush and kill this thing. So that's, you know, that's the first thing, that uh, there's incredible collaborative communication and work going on by scientists around the planet who never worked before together are all working now to solve this thing. So that's amazing. Um, the second reason I'm hopeful is that during this downtime, it's changing a lot of people's lives. It's making us think about the environment differently. Mm -hmm. It's making us think about our lives differently. I know more people who are meditating and introspective than any time ever before. And in fact, a lot of the advice I'm giving uh, my entrepreneurs, I coach about 3,000 entrepreneurs on my Abundance Digital program, um, is like, listen, when you're at home, first of all, if you're, you're home, we're going to be home for a couple of months, right? It's like April and May, uh, part of half of March, whatever. That's enough time to get new habits. And so you can acquire a good meditation habit, a workout habit, better sleeping, better diet. Like, for example, I started intermittent fasting uh, at a level which is healthy for you that I've never done before. And it's something I can do because I'm not on an airplane every single day like I normally am. And so uh, that's amazing. And then while we've got this economic like crisis going on, this crash, um, every time we've had a crash like that, uh, we've seen this massive resurgence out the other end, like this huge growth that happens. And so out of the 2008 crash, which is the last time we had something at this level, we saw Slack, we saw Uber, we saw Airbnb, we saw um, WhatsApp, we saw all of these companies being created as entrepreneurs are like, uh, like iterating to create new stuff. So out of this crash, we're going to see huge growth potential, new companies being created, and uh, which are going to make the world a better place. So I come at it from this place of optimism, and that's what I teach. And we can talk more about that. But I just want to like, give folks a dosage of why you can be hopeful coming into this. Absolutely. And I like um, one of your favorite sayings is the best way to predict the future is to create it yourself. And, yeah. you know, part of in my fields is, you know, as what I believe is, uh, is exactly kind of what the pinpoint is in a more spiritual sense is, you know, everything on the inside creates your whole outside exterior. You know, action is just a reaction to thought. So, 100%. Uh, so absolutely. Um, and I want to I want to dive in more more on your book because I, the, the topics are fascinating, like, you know, the food, the shopping, the travel, the, the AI. I, I want to know is I mean, it, you, you seem to read these things. Let's touch on the AI, because I, yeah. I just recently sung about the AI in my latest single. So I would love yeah. to hear your thoughts on, on the AI. So, uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we're living in a time where computational power is getting faster and faster and faster, right? So on our cell phones right now, we've got so much computational power, more than the country had back in the 70s. You've got it on your phone and we don't even think about it or realize it. And riding on top of increased computational power is a whole slew of exponential technologies um, in the book. So 
artificial intelligence, robotics, 3D printing, synthetic biology, augmented and virtual reality, uh, you know, blockchain, all these things are growing in power. So artificial intelligence is now really in the last few years possible because of the massive amount of data and the massive amount of computational power. So what does an AI do? It learns from data. So you give it a whole slew of data like, like voice or email or whatever, and it learns patterns. And so it's like your brain. Our brain has 100 billion neurons and 100 trillion synaptic connections, which are the connections between neurons. And the same way that a child works, which is it's making these connections and learning. Uh, when I see this, it means this. And when I see this, it doesn't mean this. That's it's neural nets. And you need a lot of processing power and a lot of data to train a neural net. And so that's what we're doing. So when you're using Google or when you're talking to Amazon Alexa, um, all of that is basically AI that's been trained by billions and billions of data points and massive amount of computational power that's in the cloud. And the question is, you know, what can it, what can't it do? So is it going to be um, able to write sonnets or yeah. music or so basically diagnostics? Real. No. So listen, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I don't, you know, let's not equate AI with the Terminator. Yeah. So, you know, the challenge is, and I have a lot of friends in, you know, from Jim Cameron to Jim Ginopoulos who heads Paramount. And, and the problem is that, that, um, Hollywood loves a great enemy and AI always becomes the enemy in these films. And it is, we make a dystopian future and it doesn't need to be that way. Did you guys see the movie, Her? Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. Um, was it Jacqueline Phoenix? Uh, yes. Joaquin yeah, and Phoenix. he has the, you know, the, the, the digital um, assistant. Love, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which was a voice. And in that you watch the AI, you watch the AI evolve, but the AI at the end of that movie, and he's in love with this AI that he only you know, can listen to. At the end of the movie, it's a beautiful movie. The AI says, listen, we're leaving. We're, we're going off to a different planet, right? Like we're, we're done evolving here on this planet. So it didn't crush us, but it did like move on. So it doesn't have to be dystopian. I really don't think so. And I think AI ultimately is going to become our, our teacher. It's going to become the world's best teachers are going to be AIs. It's going to become our, our diagnostician or a healthcare provider. And one of the things it's going to do is going to level the fields. One of the things I'm excited about, Noah, Lou, is, is that at the end of the day, we're going to uplift every man, woman, and child on this planet. So the, the work I'm working towards through uh, through the X Prize, through uh, abundance, through singularity, is how do we level the playing field? So think about this, right? Google has leveled the playing field. Google for the poorest kid on the planet and Google for Larry Page, the co-founder of Google, is identical. It's not like a little bit better for Larry or a lot better. It's identical. It's leveled the playing field. And in the same way, AI, an AI educator right? A, a teacher who can go to a child and I'll, I can tell you the work that we've done in Tanzania with the XPRIZE, an AI educator who knows that child's native language, knows that child's um, uh, favorite colors, movie stars, what they know, what they don't know, and can give that child a beautiful custom education and move them as fast as they can, um, is going to be the same AI that teaches the wealthiest kid in Manhattan, no different. Right. And the an AI is going to become your doctor that diagnoses what you have. And the cost of an AI, I mean, think about this. Google is free. Alexa is free. These AIs are really just the cost of electricity. So it's it's pretty extraordinary. Wow. And and, and are, are we tipping into like the, the transfer of, say, consciousness and personality into AI? Have you touched up on, on that or... So I, I talk about in the book, and I think it's, it's, a, it's definitely a, it's a deep subject that I'm excited about and I care a lot about, is that we are now 
uh, artificial intelligence is in the cloud. It's a it's a uh, a capability, a series of algorithms in the cloud that we interface with. We speak to it. We ask. We say, "Here's the data." We ask questions about the data, and the AI gives us answers. Where we're heading is the ability to actually connect our brains with the cloud. So remember, I said our brains are 100 billion neurons. Our brains haven't evolved in 100,000 years. If you took a caveman from 100,000 years ago, or at least 10,000 years ago, they could go to Harvard or MIT if they went if they grew up in the right place. We haven't changed in that time. So our brains are not changing. Our technology is changing. Our culture is changing. Right? That's changing. But what if you could evolve your your brain the same way we evolve technology? So, for example. When I do something on my cell phone or you do something on your cell phone, like you speak to it or ask it a question, most of that processing doesn't occur on here. Most of the processing goes via 4G or 5G to the edge of the cloud, gets processed, and the answer comes back to your phone. And imagine in the same way that if we had a really complicated thing, like Noah said, hey, listen, I want to understand, let's talk about quantum physics together. I don't know quantum physics from a hole in the wall, right? I mean, like I like I I dropped out of quantum physics in college because I was like just not cutting it there. Well, you know more than me. Okay. <laughs> no, it's a pro. <laughs> yeah. So so you know, it's like imagine if your brain could connect with the cloud and get whatever answers you need. So I guess, I guess it touches up on my next point as well, like as well as, you know, social media and, and all these type of things. I know in your book, you mentioned about, you know, watching Netflix or and it would, it would be able to pick a TV show or a movie based upon your mood. Yeah. So imagine, you know, no, you just came into the house. Uh, and if you're bummed out, uh, your your AI, you gave your AI permission to listen to your conversations. Uh, and it knows what you love, what you don't love. It's watched your reaction to, to television, to comedians, to musicians, and it can play the stuff that will make you amazingly joyful in that moment, right? Imagine if it was a disc jockey for your life for, for, for video and music without you having to ask. It's like someone you love who knows you perfectly and knows exactly what you need. That's possible, and we're going to see that evolving. Wow. That's How do you feel crazy. about that, Noah? <laughs> That's crazy. I'm always I'm scrolling like, for days of what to watch. Yeah, I'm like sitting here getting like freaked out, but kind of into it at the same time. I'm just like, that's crazy. But like, that's so wild. Um, so it kind of all reminds me of that. What's that movie, that Disney movie, Smart House? Remember that movie, you guys? Where the house came to life. Okay. I, I haven't seen it, but. Okay, okay. It's like an old, like, movie from, like, the 90s. And, like, the. Like, before my time. The, they have, like, a, in, <laughs> you have to see it, actually. They have. Uh, can you guys get the dogs, please? Um, They have, like, this, like, in. What's that movie called? Smart House? Yeah. Smart House. And they. the It's like an in-house Siri thing. But then, like, at the end, shit comes to life. And, like obsessed with the family and the whole it's like crazy but anyways um that's really cool because like i feel like for me how long do you think until we will be able to start doing that until you will be at home and like there will be something that can like oh it's help so your, I, help your emotion like your mental health or like your loneliness it's happening now so there's a whole field, Noah, of emotional intelligence along with artificial intelligence. And there's a couple of amazing women um, who are the uh, leading that field. And so how do you create emotional intelligence into your AI in a way that is, um, is meaningful to you and, and supportive of you? And so that is, uh, that's right now, we'll see it fully, I mean, like Alexa and Siri and Google, Google now, all that stuff is evolving rapidly. And within two to five years, it'll be offering you whatever you want uh, anytime. You just, you can either, you can give it permission to like, just 
we have recommendation engines now, right? But it will get much more powerful. It's like just play. I'm, I'm bummed. I'm sleepy. I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. Play music, and it will know. You know, it knows what you love. It's like sort of Spotify on steroids. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, let, let's talk about. Um, I want to talk about space travel. Okay. Um, so, for example, I mean, I feel like. I mean, completely ignorant of me, but I feel like space travel has not gone as quick as technology is on Earth. Is that would that be a correct kind of yeah? It, of I feel like we went to the moon, and in the space of that, you know, so someone I, I read a story about there was more. There's more technology on your cell phone than there was on the the aircraft that landed oh, on the moon. Is that oh, what? like 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 a hundred times more, or thousand times, or I would say arguably. 10,000 or 100,000 times more capability in your cell phone than it oh was on the lunar lander. Yeah. So did they land on the moon then with, with what they had? Yes, they landed on the moon with what <laughs> they had. It was, it was called human intelligence. <laughs> so, um, so what's extraordinary is, yeah, you're absolutely right. We went to the moon, right? And it was the Apollo program. And then that scientific documentary called Star Trek that really got me excited. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that was a joke, by the way. Yeah. 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 I, I got it. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. I got it. All right. Zero reaction. All right. Okay. I no, I mean, it. because I love, I love Star Trek. I was yeah. like, I so, so like, I felt so, like we should be doing that now. Yeah. Well, and, and then we never went back because we no. won the race against the Soviet Union. And so all of the energy that fueled that was like dead on arrival. And, uh, and then the space shuttle was never a commercial program. And it really is just Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos a little wow. bit of Richard Branson and Virgin Galactic. So I ran the X prize. Uh, we offered a $10 million prize for the first team to build a private spaceship to carry three adults up into space land and then do it again within two weeks. And my whole purpose there was to reignite passion about space and create the commercial space vehicles, right? So that $10 million that we offered uh, back in 1996, got one in 2004, it took eight years. We had 26 teams around the world who spent $100 million working on building spaceships. They got one in 2004, then Richard Branson bought the rights to create Virgin Galactic and is now selling flights on that. But then Elon reinvented the business. And I, I met Elon shortly after he had sold uh, PayPal to eBay and he had netted $140 million and he was heads down on two missions. The guy is so mission driven. It was like, I need to hit the environment because we're gonna screw this planet over and we need to make the planet a multi-planetary species. So there's a long story there I won't go into, but he committed to opening up space. And at the end of the day, uh, he has revolutionized space, orders of magnitude more than Boeing, Lockheed, Airbus, what he's done by building the Falcon 9 and making it reusable, and then by, uh, by basically creating uh, what is now Starship. The guy has single-handedly moved our future into space 30 years in the future, like to today, right? And then Jeff Bezos, the wealthiest guy in the world, uh, he was president of the Princeton chapter of my first organization. When I was in MIT, he was at Princeton running a group called Students of Exploration and Development Space. And space has been his passion. I remember meeting him just when Amazon started. I said, Jeff, what are you doing in this Amazon thing? I thought you liked space. And he goes, well, I'm going to make money in Amazon first, and then I'll spend it in space. <laughs> you know, an easy one-two step. So yeah. that's what he's done. Uh, and And... They are, between the two of them, going to help open up space. And I think we will be on the moon this decade with humans again, privately funded missions to the moon. And while Elon wanted to get to Mars by 2025, you know, even if it's 2035 or 2040, that's still pretty damn cool. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. what about, what about like um, uh, E.T.? Do, we, yeah. do you believe so listen, I think that life, I think that life is ubiquitous in the universe. Yep. I think to think that we're alone is like, so it's stupid. Yeah. I, but I think that life is, could be so far more advanced than we are, um, that it's unrecognizable. And I think maybe there's a point at which, remember we talked about brain computer interface, like you connect your 
brain to the cloud. Well, imagine if you uploaded yourself digitally and you lived in a digital existence, maybe at some point in the evolution of a species, that's what it does. And playing with, you know, pieces of meat on planets is of no interest anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but I do, I do think it's ridiculous to think that we're, we're alone. I think life is ubiquitous. I think we'll discover that there is, uh, there are organisms on Mars in the subsurface. There's plenty of water. There's enough oxygen and CO2 in the atmosphere and in the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. I think we'll find life in our solar system. And that will be exciting. That was going to threaten a lot of people. Yeah. Definitely be fun. A lot of religion too. <laughs> a lot of religion, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I want to touch up again on travel because you mentioned, um, you know, Sydney to Los Angeles in 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's the idea. When you launch off the earth and you go into orbit, an yeah. orbital velocity is about 17,500 miles an hour. It means you go around the planet every 90 minutes. So the rockets that Elon is building called Starship that he wants to take people to the moon, take people to Mars, it's a massive rocket. Like 10 times bigger than anything we've ever built before. He's working on it right now. Those vehicles could launch, go to orbital velocity and land, you know, launch out of LA and land in like, you know, Singapore in 40 minutes, right? And that's when, you, when you're underwater, you can only go so fast. If you want to go faster, you get on top of the water like a boat. If you want to go faster, you get off of the water into the air. If you want to go faster, you get out of the air into the vacuum of space. I mean, just less friction. And that's how you go. So that technology is coming. But what's really going to change the world more is this kind of digital presence. So we're yeah. working on the XPRIZE on robotic avatars. So imagine in the future, right? I'm, um, I mean, get this, you know, I'm not phys I'm physically at home, but I want to appear on stage in China. And I just did this uh, last week. It's a digital avatar, right? I put on my, my VR goggles and I'm in a VR space and everyone else is in the VR space. But so that's a digital avatar where there's an avatar of me in a, in a digital environment and, uh, and we can interact with each other. But there's also a version where we're building physical robots where I put on my VR helmet and I put on a haptic suit, right, and gloves. And as I move around, the robot moves around. So if I need to go into a burning building, I can do that with a humanoid robot. Or if I need to help somebody, give medical help, or help somebody out of a situation, or go into a nuclear reactor, I can do that as a robotic avatar. And there's an X prize going on right now. It's a $10 million prize funded by, out of Japan, by All Nippon Airways, to build those robotic avatars in the future. Wow. I guess, I guess that Those could relate to music cool. too, right, Noah? What? I mean, especially because I feel like now the live scene is going to have to I was just thinking, like, that sounds very helpful with some performances. We could be doing multiple a day, Lou. I know. And that would be awesome. Pop up as a robot. I was literally just thinking, how do I get one of those immediately? <laughs> you, were, you were selling it perfectly. Like, awesome. put on the whole suit run into the burning building. Like that's pretty perfect. Um, yeah. But um, so I, I have a question. What about like, what do you think this pandemic specifically with, with like the stock market and everything, what do you think that's going to do to yeah. like, the future? For so, us? so let me tell you something very cool that I did. I've been working on something for, three years that I just released. Uh, I'm always critical of the news because it gives us all this negative news and it just infects our brain. Your mindset, it's like the most important thing you have, right? If you took Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and took away all their money and their connections, but kept their mindset, they'd regain their wealth, right? They'd yeah. regain, uh, so. The law of attraction. The law of attraction. And, and it's, it's, you rebuild it. So uh, I said, there's got to be a better way to get the news. And so I ended up creating uh, an AI platform called futureloop.com. Uh, and futureloop is, a, is an AI machine learning algorithm that searches the world's news. It searches millions of 
newspapers, journal articles, social media feeds, top science journals around the world. And then it looks for positive future forward news and news where it's about exponential technology solving problems. And then it delivers it to you on an industry. So we created something, uh, we created a version for COVID-19. So if you go to futureloop.com, it's uh, futureloop.com, it's, it's free. You'll get every day uh, a newsletter of how all the technologies in the world are solving the COVID pandemic, right? Not all the negative news and so forth. This how is AI and data? How is CRISPR and gene therapy? How, what are the therapeutics, all this stuff? And it's super hopeful and amazing. The other thing that we've done, Noah, to your point, is that we have basically created a future prediction engine as part of that. And the prediction engine is um, the prediction engine is uh, that come on if you want to come I'm on a I'm on a um, it's in the kitchen next to the refrigerator you'll see it it's my that's that's Dax he wants his iPad <laughs> hi Dax uh, don't we all want our iPads these days uh, so it's spring break it's okay um, so this future prediction engine we asked two questions. And so if you go there, you'll, you'll see this and you can, you can jump in these polls. The first poll we did, and the poll works with machine learning and human intelligence. We have about 30,000 members and rapidly growing. It said, when is the vaccine going to come out? So we did a prediction, a machine learning, uh, human intelligence prediction. And then when's the stock market going to crash? When's, when's the lowest point in the stock market? So if you want to hear the, you want to hear the uh, results of the predictions? Yeah, so the vaccine, the prediction came out, and now it's raining here, Noah. Um, the prediction came out that- um, Oh, I'm here too. Yeah, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a vaccine uh, uh, about a week before Christmas. Oh, wow. Okay. So mid-December mid is what the prediction came out for uh, the, uh, the vaccine poll. And a lot of experts coming into that. And the way we do is you have to like, we give you all the data. You have to put your guess in. We have tens of thousands of people guessing. And then you see the data and you hear all the reasons and you have to vote again. So it's an iterative poll and it narrows in on something. Uh, the when is So we asked people, did the stock market already hit bottom on March 22nd? Or is it going to hit bottom in the future when before the end of July? And so if you go to futureloop.com, you'll see the answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But let's just say the prediction is it has not hit bottom yet. No. Eighty percent of the experts say it has not, and uh, it, they're very specific about the week when it's going to it's going to hit bottom. We show you the data for two thousand one uh, meltdown, two thousand eight meltdown, and then the current one, and uh, it's pretty. I, I'm loving this because you know. So, what questions should we ask the community next? I was thinking, like, when will Disneyland reopen? That would be. A good one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess no one knows how long this is going to go on for, and, and I think you're right. We're creatures of habit, so you're, the longer we're home, the longer we we start building these habits, even of things like now, you know, movie. I mean, how are people going to make movies from now until when, or new content, or you know, yeah. everything's going to have to be digi digitalized or animated, or or any I, of that. I, like that's what I'm doing with my music videos right now. We're like. Yeah. Yeah. animating them and diplo and i are like when we're trying to figure out how we can ride horses separately and film it selfie style and, <laughs> do that that's that's we're like how do we do this but yeah i mean i have a question i read somewhere that that um and this was like a couple weeks ago and i i tried because i'm the type of person to like get so anxious about things i try to not i try to turn off my like news like notifications because every five seconds my phone is going off with coronavirus yeah. this coronavirus don't this. don't do it i it's know and it, it's taking taking up a lot of my time yeah and I, but i did read somewhere and it was like really negative energy and it was making me feel bad it was yes me worry you know um was that when the when this like stay at home thing is released 
are we going to go back out and is the coronavirus going to kind of restart? And then are we going to go back in and is this going to be kind of like a battle that we're dealing with for like a couple of months or like a year or until we get the vaccine yeah. or. Yeah. So, so in part, so what's going to happen is there will be two things that, so yes, it's going to, we're going to be released. We'll go back out. And the coronavirus has not gone away. It's still there latent in a few cases here and there. And it's gonna become part of our normal viral load. So there are viruses, there are like trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of viruses on the planet, more viruses and bacteria, more viruses, everything else, it's, it's there. And our body, our immune system has learned to cope with it, to deal with it. And, and so, we've evolved a lot of immunity in our body from mother to child and in in the and as we age and then the annual vaccines that we get for the flu which is important to take we will eventually add carotid corona virus is a cold virus it's just this version of it is more aggressive um and we'll see whether in the final result it is more deadly than bad flus the numbers may prove that it's just a super bad flu versus, thank God, this coronavirus doesn't have the mortality rate of Ebola, you know, which kills like 50% of the people. So the fact that this only, you know, and my heart goes out to people, and I've had many people I know on ventilators, so, um, you know, I don't take this lightly, but this is almost a practice pandemic, right? It could have been much, much worse if it had this kind of transmissibility, but the death rate of something super bad. So this is uncovering all of the weak spots in our economy, in our political system, in our healthcare system that hopefully fix. So next time it isn't anywhere near as bad as that. Anyway, long story short, uh, yeah, it's gonna be out there and maybe next flu season it comes back. And so we are racing towards vaccines that will then protect us. I'm involved in two companies right now that I'm so excited about. One is a diagnostic company. Uh, it's called Covax, yeah, C-O-V-A-X-X.com. And we are in, in touch with the biggest companies in all of the states. Covax right now, it's headquartered in Telluride in San Miguel County. And they have just tested 7,000 people for free in San Miguel County in Colorado, and now we're moving into different states and so forth. But they also have a vaccine. They're a 30-year-old vaccine company, largest vaccine manufacturer on the planet. And we have like two or three vaccines under development, and we think uh, will be safer than any other vaccine out there. And then there are vaccines being developed in Israel and China. And so I do think while the FDA is going to take 18 months to approve a traditional vaccine, I think they're going to be ones that become available sooner. And again, the the, uh, the future loophole prediction was May, oh, I'm sorry, it was December, mid-December. So we're gonna need that. And then we'll protect ourselves. But in the interim, what's called herd immunity, which means enough people have had it that when you run into people, it doesn't spread like wildfire because enough people are protected. And we'll see, but it's it for the next two, three months, it's kind of havoc and then We'll see how it evolves. I want my life back. I want a life back. But uh, but I'll tell you, a lot of the stuff I write about in the future is faster than you think is being massively accelerated by this. Yeah. yeah. It's happening much faster. Like all of the digital work that you're doing, both of you are doing, right? That is accelerating. Be, it's, it's stuff you may not have experimented with for a few years. Yeah. And like yeah. all of the all of the tech, you know, like better VR goggles are going to be coming out of China and out of Facebook, out of Oculus and so forth. And I know I'm reinventing all my businesses, making them digital. Right, so one of the things, for example, one of the things I do and just make an offer to listeners, I run this this program for entrepreneurs where I coach them. I say, listen, you have to you have to digitize anything you're doing, whatever you've been doing analog. You know, you have to digitize it because when you digitize it, you dematerialize, demonetize and democratize. What that means is like when when the digit when the when the when cameras became digital, it killed film. 
mm -hmm. right? It dematerialized film, it went away, and then it it made it super low cost and available to everyone on the planet. So like, there's like 20 billion digital cameras on the planet, more than humans are. And so uh, when you do that, you can create full up new digital businesses. So I mentor people through something called Abundance Digital. And we're, I have hundreds of hours of teaching uh, in the course. And I'm in there with live webinars every month and then AMAs and mentoring for them. And my goal is how do I help entrepreneurs really build stuff that makes the world abundant? And so this month, well, for the next 30 days, we'll probably renew it. Uh, we were giving people access to the whole library of content for free. And it's just, uh, if you go to abundance.digital, you can get all the content for free. And, and it's like, how do you upskill your thinking in this? Yeah. Absolutely. Have you um, have you ever read any of the Seth Speak books, Pia? I haven't. Tell me. So there's a book called um, The Individual and the Nature of Mass Events. Um, and I'm reading it at the moment. And it's basically, it's an entity or a spirit or, or, or I don't know the, the correct terminology for it, but he speaks through a woman and her husband writes down everything they say. And it's probably one of the most intellectual books I've ever read. But he talks about... Say, say the name again. It sounds cool. It's called Seth Speaks, The Individual and the Nature of Mass Events. S-E-T-H? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Seth the, Speaks. The entity okay. is called Seth, but he has everything. He has life after death. He speaks about everything. And he specifically mentions, you know, inoculations and vaccinations and um, mass events like this and the mass consciousness. And again, back to your thing of, you know, the fear. The fear, uh -huh. if you allow the fear in, then, then it will come in, you know, and then it will spread like wildfire. Um, but you know, the reason why we get vaccinations is not necessarily because it protects us, it's because we believe in it, that, that it does actually protect us. That's where the belief is. And he, and he talks about, you know, the plague from what well, that was in London and all these other things and how some people weren't, weren't affected and some were, and he goes into specific detail spiritually, by the way, but he also, and the reason why I, I read these books, um, cause you know, there's a, a, a sleep study too, with Matthew Walker. Uh, PhD. Who I, I love uh, Matt, Matt's, a, Matt's a friend. I love his book, Why We Sleep. Yeah, I've got an aura ring that I'm, you know, monitors my sleep. Exactly, sleep is critically important. In everything he says scientifically about sleep, Seth says from 1962 spiritually about why we sleep, and it correlates wow. his scientific finding to this spiritual finding, and it blew my mind. And that's why I'm, I'm kind of been reading more of these Seth Speak books and everything that he touches upon. Which on paper sounds crazy, but I mean, I believe it. And it, and it, and it brings some, some, some form of education from the other side that we, we wouldn't be aware of. And, you know, the bottom line is we don't know anything about anything. And I think I, that's, that, that's that the is, of it. that is 100% true, right? So I'm like, you know, I'm, I've gone more Buddhist than any place, anything else. Uh, and just you're meditating and reading. I need a yoga practice badly. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but, you know, and it's like, for me, this has been a year of incredible, um, uh, incredible inward journey, right? Uh, with both ayahuasca and, and DMT and just connecting in a level like, holy shit, we really have no idea. Yeah. And it's like, we're so, the only thing that we know is we don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and some people can look at that as fearful, but I look at it the opposite way. I look at it as, as discovery. Yeah, incredible discovery. And we're yeah. at this arc of this, of this journey where we're discovering everything inward. I mean, we're understanding how the human body truly works to a larger degree than ever before from genetic sciences, from even going back to quantum computers, understanding the 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 atomic biology of the body and then the planets. And then there's a whole spiritual journey that we're on. So, I mean, the next 20 years, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, you know, uh, by what's going on, I feel like the future is now and the now is, is, is becoming more and more aware of, of everything. So, and I feel like that's, that's the key to life is just having awareness in yourself. And just um, being open and not being not being attached to doctrines. Yeah, yeah. I saw a um. What did I see? I saw a documentary on based on consciousness, and you had all these different scientists all um, searching for consciousness and where it comes from, how it comes. And you know, you had a, you had psychology, you had you know neurology, you had all these different people searching, and then for the first time ever, they spoke to each other. Mm. 
and they're searching for some and the reason why they haven't found it yet because it's because it's consciousness searching for itself Mm. um but you know, as scientists do that you know they're, 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 as you as you said that now there's there seems to be a key communication now between because of the isolation they have to start communicating in different fields and all coming together so i feel like the positive in all of this even you know you may not be able to hang out with your friends but i mean i've facetimed them 20 times a day my all my family and everything else so i'm even more communicative now than i have than i've ever been yeah we're together alone yeah we're together exactly. apart yeah, but it is amazing, right? We have the tools. Could you imagine facing this? First of all, I mean, I was going to say, imagine facing this in the 1918 flu. First of all, you wouldn't know that there was this massive flu and you wouldn't know to stay home and you'd yeah. be fucked. You know, you're yeah. out of it. You're dead. But when we didn't have the communication tools, how lonely you would feel. But so one of the things we didn't talk about that when we talked about brain computer interface so imagine you're connecting your brain to the cloud mm -hmm. and I'm able to have a high bandwidth. So Elon Musk is working on a company called Neuralink. Uh, Brian Johnson's working on a company called Kernel. Uh, Facebook is working on companies. There's billion plus dollars going in per year to companies connecting the brain to the cloud. Increasing a person's intelligence is like the most you know, if you wanted to be super creative, <laughs> imagine if you could channel Beethoven and Mozart and every other great artist there ever was. Now imagine that I'm connected to the cloud and Noah, you're connected to the cloud and you're connected to the cloud and I could know your thoughts intimately, oh. right? And I can watch the sunrise through the, you know, the eyes of a teenager in Tokyo or you know, see and enjoy something. I mean, there's a level of intimacy and connection. And I, I think that level of potential oneness, if you would, that comes via this digital connectivity could be huge. And these sorts of trajectories is where we're heading in the next 20 years. You know, people forget that every one of us, we aren't a single life form. Every one of us is a collection of a hundred trillion cells, right? So, you know, Noah and Lou, you're both a collection of trillions and trillions of cells. Every one of them is alive, but you work together to make beautiful music or videos or conversations in this amazing way. But imagine if we're the individual cells and all of a sudden we're connecting at a level of a meta intelligence on this planet. You know, it's a transformation that I think about a lot. I love it. I mean, the, 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 I, for me, that's the, 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 the scope on evolution. You know, not, I, I, I got to give you something for your last episode for this. For this Please. <laughs> so, no, I mean, um, that's, yeah. Yeah. So uh, for, for me, evolution is I'm not the same person as I was before this conversation. Um, especially with all the education you've given us. I, I mean, I can't thank you enough. I mean, I, yeah. I think you've raised more questions. <laughs> yeah, as it sh as it should be. Yeah, I think this is the most that I've like really just had to sit and listen. Like I really just <laughs> I've like learned so much through this one, and like, um, yeah. Thank you for being on the episode, oh. but like I feel so, like I want to go watch a ton of documentaries right now and like learn more <laughs> about everything you just told me. Yeah, Do you so, have any good documentaries to recommend where I could like? Just yeah. It's like if like for people that are sitting at home or like anything like where we can yeah. like learn more about. There's a there's a documentary about the work that I've done with the X Prize and myself called Visioneer. Um, there is a documentary about connecting your brain to the cloud called I Am Human. Um, there's a multitude of of documentaries on on. Visioneer is yours. Visioneer is is yeah mine. That's awesome. Uh, okay. I yeah. Watch and, that. uh, and then, um, I am human. And then there's, uh, uh, the university is a one on singular university. Um, but again, if, if, if you go and, and, and I'm happy again, it's, it's free for 30 days, but I'm happy to give you guys a year long free inside, uh, my abundance digital platform, which is abundance.digital. There's so much content on all these. I teach, courses, I think very beautifully done. If I could say we have a high production value on AI, on 3D printing, on robotics, on all of these. And how do you do it? How does an entrepreneur? So 
my goal is like, these are the most powerful technologies in the world to help people who care about doing good things in the world do amazing things, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, how do you scale what you do? So how do you work smarter, not harder, right? That's, anyway, so that's a lot of um, uh, what Sarah, so I figured it while well, everybody's net, Netflix binging on, on soap operas let them... i'm literally gonna go watch a documentary so like, <laughs> i'm gonna do when i'm done with this so and I, Thank I, you. I mean i i i love all that i, I think the, the key answer to that is how to work harder uh how to work smarter not harder is just to surrender um to surrender yeah. and, you, um, and use the smart and use the stuff that allows you to reach every one of us one thing that's super cool is every one of us can touch lives with a billion people that yeah. never existed before yeah. And, and as I teach at SU, the world's biggest problems are the world's biggest business opportunities. Yeah. I want to become a billionaire, help a billion people. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And the, um, there's a, no, there's this film, a Robert Redford film where he's a scientist, um, and he manages to record the moment when people pass it to the afterlife and exactly what they see. I can't remember the name of the film. But uh, a, bra- a brainstorm, I think. Uh, yeah, it's mind blowing. I love Brainstorm. So it's a great movie. It's uh, it's like twenty years old. Some of my favorite movies about connecting your brain to the cloud. Yeah, yeah, Brainstorm. Oh no, it's actually a newer movie. Oh, yeah, okay. it's on Netflix. And and basically, um, he he invents this what they find uh, he this machine that can record the afterlife as you die, and then all these people can see that what they what the person sees when they die. So the, the literally the whole population starts committing suicides and doing all these other things but oh, in, in, because they they know that there's reincarnation they know all these other type of things but the film's amazing i mean it touches on, wow. on so many spiritual points um but I'll leave well, it send that. me the links i will do i will do thank you so much peter thank you Noah. thank you yeah yeah peter, so, i'm gonna go watch your documentary yeah well listen, ha- on the show. have me on next season i would love to so i just one thousand percent i mean just to end on my i'm feeling hopeful and optimistic and i do believe that that we're living in a time where we can solve any problem. Yep. And when we have one singular enemy on the planet right now, which is amazing because it's unifying the planet as well, we're going to crush it and we're going to come out stronger on the other end of this. 100%. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You're amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. So you nice to meet you. A pleasure. Bye.